Hey, it's Gil from the Mind Buzz. Today's Mind Culture and Social Podcast. And you're listening to Pods Like Us. Welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quibble, known to my friends as Marv. And this time I'm talking with Nick Bonsky, Rob Reed, and Just Joe from Keeping Up With The Cardassians. No, yes, that's correct. Keeping Up With The Cardassians. How are you guys? <laughs> we are great. We're really, uh, we're really excited to be chatting with you today. And, uh, you know, it's I can't remember the last time I've talked to someone cross Atlantic. This is exciting. Wow, you, you're, yeah. uh, you could do a crossover with one of the other Star Trek related shows, I suppose. Yeah, that's true. That'd, that'd, that'd be, true. That'd, be that'd be extreme meta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some there's some really great other Star Trek shows out there. Yeah, there really are. Yeah, really are. Spotlight is good, they, and they're not. Oh, guys, I, I, I you know listen them. to that. No, I like the name. Yes, absolutely. Me, me too. That they're going through everything. They started going through the movies, and then they're going through the the series as well. Then, bit by bit. So they go in All chronological order. So they go in movies, yep. and then go. Okay. Yep, and they've they've interviewed some of the behind the scenes people as well, like uh, and people who are fans of Star Trek as well. Because I was surprised when they did a show where they they interviewed uh, Richard Donner, the director. Oh wow. That's awesome. That's great. And he, he's a huge fan of Star Trek. Is he? I he did is. Not know I, let's set him up for Star Trek 13, man. Uh, I don't know if that'll be possible. See, that, Richard Donner? Yeah, he, didn't he die? I thought he was doing uh, Lethal Weapon 5. Nice. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes, so yes he not. is. Yeah. Uh, now you, are, you yeah. are quick to bury people. I am quick to bury people. He is uh, He's 90 years old, though. So, yes. like, can you blame me? Are you ageist? No, but... No. but you finding this out yeah. on someone else's podcast that you're ageist? I think so. But yes, he was saying in the in- the interview that they were doing the... They had just gone through the first draft of the script for Lethal Weapon 5 and that they've, they've already signed um, Mel, and, uh, Mel and Danny Glover. Oh, wow. That'll be great. Mm. I'll, I'll check it out. You know, I always... After a while, though, like... When they have the sequels one right after the other, right? 
they kind of lose their luster a little bit. But when they take a long break and then go back to it, I'm more excited about it. Yeah, and I think they've got Shane Black involved as well to have a look at it. Okay, that be interesting. Great, yeah, that is a yep. good pick. Yeah, it is because he wrote the first one. Yep. Yep. And Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I think he was part of, which was great too. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. I'm trying to think what else of Shane Black's I've seen that I've really loved. Did he do Iron Man three or something? He did an Iron Man. Does, does Shane Black's uh, age meet your requirements? <laughs> He's good. He did Last Boy Scout. Ooh, how old is he? Yes, he Love did. Love that movie. Yeah. Uh, he is fifty nine. Hmm. Okay, it seems acceptable. It seems acceptable. And he was he was one of the actors in Predator as well. Yes, yes, the Predator from 2018. He was in that one. He also did one of my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, Last Action Hero. It's a great movie. And yes. most people hate that movie, but I think it's just fantastic. I love that film. Now, Shane yeah. Black was in the original Predator film with, with, uh, oh. with Arnold Schwarzenegger as well. Oh, was he? Yes. Okay. Well, I was, yeah. oh yeah, he was. Yep. He played Rick Hawkins. He did, and... Uh, Excuse me for this. He's the one who did the uh, the joke about pussy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now I'm going to have to uh, bleep myself out of this. There you go. If we get too much for you, just let us know because we might say some things to you. Rob, I, I, I just um, mentally bleep Rob out most of the time. It's true. It is. Rob bleeps himself out. He does. Very well. He has some very good... Uh, vocal control with words it's 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 amazing i don't i don't have that control i do not well i've got a job and a half but in fact the one i'm recording next which will be saturday evening i'm actually going to put a uh, an advisory on there because i i don't think knowing the guys i'm i'm talking to I don't think I've got the time to to go through and bleep everything out that they'll come out. Oh, my it's a full time job. Because <laughs> I'm talking to the guys who do the show Bad Counsel. Oh, okay. Where people send in, you know, ask for advice about things, and they're a, <laughs> they're a bit straight straight jumble, and they'll 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 just come out with it no matter what what what. That's fantastic. Opinion. Yes. Oh, oh gosh, that sounds like a fun one to listen. It to. was I'm called like, Bad Counsel. Bad Counsel. Bad Counsel. I, I... Yes. Yeah. I'm writing that down. Censoring yourself on the fly is a difficult skill. That is a difficult skill. It is. But uh, so I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to bother with their show with the one I'm doing with them, because I've even got people that have written in questions for advice as well. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I just I just looked them up by what you were saying, and their episode titles alone tell me that you, good luck leaping Thank out you. anything. Yes, you're not going to have a show if you bleep it out. Absolutely. Sound That's like, why I'm going to have yeah. to just Sound delete like e at the end. Yeah. 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 We've not even started yet. So, <laughs> well, we can stretch it pretty well. Yeah, yeah we, we, we can. We're going to get going off topic. That's, I'm, I'm fine with tangents. That's brilliant with me. <laughs> so what, what were your individual introductions to podcasting? Like very first podcast I ever listened to? would have been inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum, the guy who played Lex Luthor in Smallville. Yes. Yep. Okay. I, I, for me, actually, so uh, years ago, um, I made the decision that I wanted to change my career, and I went in the ministry. And when I was going to school, it was a three-hour car ride each way, and I would go once a week. 
So I had to find something to fill my time. So I started getting really in the podcast and I, I and I'm a big, um, I'm a big comic book nerd, big sci-fi nerd. So like any of the, them that were on, like there was the Game of Thrones one that was on at the time that I was listening to that. I can't remember the name of it, but I know I like Batman on film. I, I, I like that podcast a lot. And, uh, you know, it's so hard for me. My, my, my brain, the way it works, I'm not really great at remembering names of podcasts and I need to do better about that. But I listen to so many. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to keep up with it. Yeah. Same here. Um, see, I started listening to podcasts probably 15 years ago or something. Yeah. Um, I would listen to mostly poker podcasts. Really? Yeah. So mm. they would they would record these shows. These players would they would do like uh, updates on live events, and they would record. And they'd be a couple hours long, and they talk. Yeah. They would just BS with each other, strategy, um, hands, all the poker talk, inside talk, friends. And I just started listening to those over and over. And uh, it was during the, the poker, the, that poker boom from like the early 2000s. Yeah. And uh, yeah, after that, I just, I wanted more. I, I wanted to hear like people having conversations more right. about things that I enjoyed Yeah. beyond poker. So yeah. then that's kind of when podcasting really started to get rolling. Mm-hmm. And then like maybe five or six years after that, it really started to... Because there's comedians. Bill Burr has one. Bill, yeah, he was. His was one of the first uh, com- like comedians. Yeah, that I listened to. Yeah, and it was just him basically into at the at the time his phone mm. or some. It was very like very primitive. Right, just recording into a room. You could hear echoes and all this kind of stuff. But it was new content from you know people that you wanted to hear more from. Yeah, yeah. So mm. I, they had my interest immediately. Yeah. Well, you're definitely not bluffing there. <laughs> oh, no. oh dear, I had to get that joke in, didn't I? So, yeah. so how from from going from being listeners to podcast, did you actually start podcasting and get the show off the ground? So that was a uh, a real interesting journey we had there. So, um, basically, Rob and I have known each other now for ten years, and uh, but we didn't really. Yeah, 10 years. Our kids are now... Good yeah, Lord. I know, crazy. And um, we didn't really know each other well. It was more like our wives were friends and we were dragged to parties and we would just stand in the corner holding a beer, making wisecracks every here and there. But that was about it. Um, and then we started talking more and more about, you know, mutual shared interests. You know, we both love American football. Uh, we both uh, we both love Star Trek. So we just kind of started talking about all those things. And then one day... Um, Rob just jokingly said about a, about a year ago, he's like, you know, we should start a podcast because, uh, you know, I told him Deep Space Nine was one of my least favorite of the Star Trek series, which he's flipping me off right now as I said that. But uh, it was one of my least favorite and it's his favorite. So he's like, we're going to do a podcast together and I'm going to change your mind and we're going to do this. And I, and I think we were kind of joking at first, but um Whenever you give me an excuse to buy technology, I will go all in on it. And the guys can can speak to that. So I, I went out and I bought a soundboard and I started buying microphones. And we just we just started broadcasting our very first uh, episode we did was just with a little condenser microphone sitting between us in, in a garage when it was 30 degrees Fahrenheit outside. Um, and we've just kind of moved from there and and it's been a blast. And then 
And then Joe was bored one day and he just showed up and we're like, come on. And it was great. Just a wayward kid from the streets (laughs) wandering the neighborhood. Yeah, he needed a charity. And so we took him in. Uh, But no, Joe has never seen any Star Trek before. Um, Which I thought was sacrilegious, so I had to fix that. Right. And and Joe is a friend of Rob. I didn't know Joe really at all. I met him once before Mm -hmm. we started the podcast. And now because of the podcast, I mean, we see each other every week and we're all we're all becoming good friends because of this. No, we're not, according to Rob. But uh, <laughs> it's been a really great experience and, and very similar to what um, Joe said about being on, you know, listening to podcasts like, you know, I how you listen to podcasts because you enjoy the conversations people are having together. Like that's it's kind of how I feel being a part of it. Right. Like it never feels like work doing the editing or making sure all the equipment's working right. Never, it never feels like work because we always we leave don't edit after it's hey warts and all hey hey i do some editing here and there i do not anymore now that now that we don't have oh. anymore. anyways that's a tangent so we're gonna stop right there but that that is kind of how we got into it no it's cute because in the beginning i just thought it was a fun idea just you know nick and i to do something to do something to get together something to watch and i didn't i didn't think a couple weeks a bunch of weeks later we'd be buying a 600 ounce soundboard together um i thought basically we just talk about it and goof off and have fun with it. But it's kind of, I'm not going to say it's serious, but we, 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 we treat it relatively yeah. serious. And at the beginning, we're both, we're all technology guys. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm a meth head and Nick has my needles. He kept on bringing the technology with him <laughs> and it just grew from there. And then Joe is, like I said, a long time good good friend of mine, and, and he did not watch Deep Space Nine, which again I thought was criminal. And we brought him in on the episode duet to really kind of heavy punch him, so he could kind of get into it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I, I was hooked. Yeah, I watched. Uh, yeah, Rob invited me towards the end of season one to do like a just a guest, just kind of come along and give my thoughts as someone who hasn't watched Deep Space Nine. Um. And the first, yeah, the first episode was duet, and then he asked me to watch the uh, the pilot emissary beforehand, and I did, and it was it was really good. The pilot was really good, and we watched duet all three of us together before we recorded, and it was honestly one of the best episodes of television I'd ever seen. Start, it didn't matter anything. It was fantastic, and I, I and I had a lot to say on that first episode. Um, I think it's like ninety minutes plus or something, so. <laughs> Once you get me talking, it's it's hard to shut me up, and I just I had so much to say about it, and it was, it was just I was hooked from there. I wanted to watch more, and then they they invited me on the, for the next episode, and then it just kind of became a thing. And I just I caught back up with season one, and then uh, it took me a few weeks to watch season one, mm-hmm. as I'm watching uh, season two going forward. I was I was hooked from the beginning. From the beginning. I hope you're in for some talkers because we're talking today. <laughs> I, I was about to say, just wait until you get to the the big Dominion War arc from five to seven. There, just that's incredible television. That is. It really is. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the way that that story just progresses through, it, it's smart. It's really clever writing. And mm-hmm. um, here we go. I'm going off tangent now. <laughs> but you can actually see where Ronald Moore went from there and what he took from that to go and do uh, the modernised version of Battlestar Galactica. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. He really does. And that actually makes me more excited to go back now. And, and as we're doing our rewatch of DS9, get to the Dominion War. Because yeah. I watched, the first time I watched DS9 was, gosh, right when it aired. So it's been a really long time. And I was kind of a kid still, like I was in my later teen years at that point. Um, and when I watched, uh, when I watched Battlestar Galactica, I was in my mid twenties at that point. So my understanding of the world had evolved quite a bit. So now to, after I've watched Battlestar Galactica and now to go back and watch, uh, the DS9 Dominion War, I'm sure I'm going to have a, a much deeper appreciation than I had in the past. Absolutely. I mean, personally, I think, I think Deep Space Nine had the problem that really it was before its time, shall we say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, if it had come out around the mid, the, the early noughties instead, it would have been a perfect show for that sort of period, that sort of era. Right. Right. Really. Well, I I just even think for um, for the United States, probably right. In, in the early 2000s, like after September 11th here, that would have been a great show about xenophobia and distrust and fear because that took root here very quickly after September 11th. So it really, really spoke to a lot of the issues Deep Space Nine confronts. Yeah. And I think it would have been way more popular then at that point. Well, it, it works with the... Um, I mean, I, I think you might have seen it on my notes if you've looked, but I've got sort of like little bits that are to do with deep space nine so it sort yeah. of works with the um that works with the section 31 uh and also the the very duplicitous or duplicity of the um the cardassians and then you've got the whole dominion war and you've also got the Maquis as well in there mm -hmm. and and all of it just goes with that the political situation that the world was in after 9-11 it, it fits fits there yeah it fits really well and i and i think what i really enjoy about ds9 is it's not easy to point a finger and say this is the good guy and this is the bad guy you know say what you will about the cardassians right but you know as a as an empire overall are they evil yeah but it's not evil to the core where all the people are evil they're just normal people it's their government that is yeah. that is rotten right yeah and, and I, we can relate to that here i've even seen episodes so far up through two seasons where they're you know they're established as this evil empire right or this former evil empire and there's you know there's characters that are making decisions and doing things now where you you, you kind of it sheds a different light on them mm-hmm and you can see them a little bit differently. Uh, it may be a little bit nicer. There's there's some there's something there that can be tapped into. Right, right. Agreed. Well, even even things like I mean, I, I don't want to get, give too much away here, but uh, <gasps> when you get into later seasons, like uh, even Starfleet themselves, at times there's things that app where where they do things, and you'll think in an, in a, from another angle that would be seen as something that's. That a bad bad guy would do, like um, right. you know, like um, I'll, I'll 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 name one for instance here in the pale moonlight. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. in this sort of like something that's done there, where where the person specifically 
Um, I like how you're dancing. <laughs> I, I, yes, you know what I'm trying to do here, don't you? It's okay. Oh, because that episode yeah. is phenomenal. You, you don't you don't have to dance around it. I, I mean, I, I'm a, we're talking about a show that's almost 30 years old. It's I think like, you almost do this episode because you really gotta you gotta do that journey of that episode to really absolutely. appreciate what the hell it does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But we'll just we'll just say that it's a decision that that Cisco does, and he and it's it's very very questionable how he tries to uh, to maneuver things, shall we say? Yeah, and and, and even through even in, in season two, he's made some very questionable decisions that are inconsistent. Yep. And you can you can sort of see, you can see that those those seeds of, you know, his decision making process really there's an element of, um, does it affect him personally that he factors into his decision making, and right. I mean, going forward, I could see you know in a war situation that becoming an issue. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Um. And but but start starting with the is is it Joe starting with with duet that's that's a great episode to start with from season one. Oh my one. god, that's, it was amazing. That's it that's a fantastic. that's a great episode. That's really good. I mean, well, and what I think was kind of tricky about getting him into that episode is there were quite a few stinkers before that episode. Like season <laughs> one, season one and two is where Deep Space Nine is trying to find its footing, right? Yeah. And to start with duet is a real challenge. You're right? strategic on my part, man. Yeah, yes, yes. But I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that's going to pull me in. That's good television. It's going it to pull me in and make me want to see more. Yes, exactly. It was it was Deep Space Nine at its finest in the early seasons because it actually gets better than duet at later points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, he watches duet and then and then he goes back and watches Move Along Home and, oh, God, and yeah. Things, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I did yes. the joke about that, didn't I? Uh, not long ago, when I left a message some, or something or other, and we were talking about your show, and you said, "Oh, you're better now." And I said, "So you, you get better as you move along home, do you?" Also, oh, came up with that. Yep. Oh, oh dear. And, oh dear. Yeah, yeah. We make those and puns all the time. That, that, <laughs> I think that that's epi- all that episode is good for is the jokes. Yeah. Yeah. A- absolutely, but but then again, the the, the episode is a joke, so yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, you said it, not us. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's the Paramount Overlords are listening. Oh dear. <laughs> it's a good job I'm not doing a Star Trek podcast, otherwise you'll not get any of the actors in or anything. <laughs> That'll never happen for us anyway, so we're good. <laughs> Although I do get a lot of likes on my Instagram by by Nana Vista. So yeah, do cool. you really? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, she likes mm-hmm. food. So when I yeah, when she I has put a cookbook. Fo- so, yeah, so when I put food pictures up from my other half, she likes them mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah, yeah, so, she's very much in the cooking. Absolutely, absolutely. we gotta get her follow our show. Uh, yeah, we'll start yeah. talking about food. Can you, can you start posting pictures of our snacks? And I'm like, <laughs> there we go. Guys, guys, I'm sure that she'd be more than willing to actually be a guest on the show. Yeah, you think? Yeah, Absolutely, she sure. loves talking about. She's really proud of DS Deep Space Nine, as she should be. I mean, she's yeah. incredible in that series. She's really great. We do. We talk pizza too. Does she <laughs> like pizza? Oh yeah, cool. You talk about pizza. Yeah. But the, you know, we're going off on a tangent again here. But <laughs> yeah, the way the way that her character, yep, yeah, the way that her character grows through the series, even through the first season, yeah, 
mm. is incredible when you get to du I mean duet duet is a good one as well with that because you see how she changes in an instant in that episode she goes from yes. from how she was suddenly she's a changed person by the end of that episode yeah, yeah. I thought that was her best episode in season one well, and it's almost like she she's a child until that episode, right? And and how she responds to things, which makes yeah. sense because her character was supposed to be in her mid twenties at that point, right? Who had only experienced war, didn't you know? Who had only experienced black and white situations, and now here she is, faced with a world full of moral grays, and it it changes her perspective. And I and I I was very vocal in the early seasons how much I did not like early seasons Kira. Not because of, of the acting. She was incredible as an actor. Um, but just um, the writing of the character. But it made sense. And and it makes sense in terms of her growth now as well, where she's at. Yeah, yeah she's, a, she's a, a vastly different character at the end of season two yeah. than she was even oh, yeah. in the beginning or middle of season one. Yeah. 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 But you find that same growth in all of the characters, like like Bashir. When Bashir starts, he's he's very green, and is he's almost childlike in in his excitement and and how he is. But each he changes throughout as well. <laughs> yes, can I say annoying? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, he does. He changes significantly. Yeah. As as do they all. I mean, you know, even Cisco changes dramatically throughout the series. And, well, and this is this is where I think Deep Space Nine has an advantage over the other series because if you watch a lot of these other series, one of the endearing features of them is the characters don't really change that much, right? Kirk yeah. is Kirk, Spock is Spock, Bones is Bones, right? And 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 you can even do that with uh, Next Generation. Picard is pretty much always himself until the very end where he decides to play poker. But like that's as close as he gets to growing and changing as a character, and until they have the new series and. Voyager, all of them are pretty much exactly this. So Deep Space Nine um, really, really excel. What were you going to say? I'll just say it's kind of unique. Yeah. In in mm, in yeah. this universe, in this Star Trek uh, universe, it's, yeah. it's very unique and stands on its own. Absolutely. And yeah. there's, I mean, all the other shows are kind of similar. Yeah. From what I've gathered, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen them, but from what I've gathered in the last six months or so. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all different in their ways, but they're all kind of similar, yes. right? And DS9 seems to be this outlier. It was, yeah. Where it it's is. like, yeah. you know, it's and it, it's just so unique and it was so, it was done so well. Right. And it just, it holds of the, it holds up well uh, further down the line too. Yeah. Like the far, over time, it mm -hmm. holds up seemingly much better than some of the other uh, Star Trek of that, of this uh, era like Enterprise, Voyager, um, even Next I, Generation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, there was always character growth throughout, even from the beginning. So the first episode to the second to the third. Although, mm -hmm. um, although saying that the first season was a strange one because you had you had uh, episodes that were recorded, but then put out in a different order to how they were recorded so right yeah you, you had a that sometimes that was strange where you'd episode three was recorded as episode two and episode two was recorded as the third episode so the yeah the, yeah, the growth of the characters didn't quite work perfectly then but then when you got into the second season 
they they were they seemingly were right. recorded in order right right exactly and and i think with the first season of that you can give it a pass even if it was in order because again it's a show trying to find its own tone and it in its place right so sometimes you play it a little bit safe with the characters in the early season right let's keep them how they are and then once you're established then it's time to really push these characters and put them in precarious situations like we're starting to see, especially in the second season. Yeah. I mean, by the time we get around to the end of season two, we're about we're 40 some episodes in. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, th- we're talking about way different times than now where you, you might get 10, make it eight or 10 right. episodes to develop a character or a storyline. Yeah. Season one was, 19 episodes or something around 20 maybe I think it was 23 i thought it might have been 20 I, I think it was i thought it was like 19 or it was in high teens oh it wasn't and then okay. season two is like 24 26 26 yeah so i mean Longer. we're talking in the in the low 40s here now it's almost oh it's over four seasons of a show now right so you should be over 40 some episodes you should be able to develop these characters which is why season season one to two you've got this wide character growth mm-hmm. yep. because you you have more episodes you have more content more storylines to tell mm. than you yeah. would now yeah right yeah i think it's a product of the modern world that it's like that though where because you've got a lot online streaming so you've got networks like net you've got netflix you've got prime uh in america you've got hulu and things like this and hbo max mm-hmm. there's so much choice out there that it's like a lot of people won't actually give these shows the time that they used to back in the day where you'd you'd watch a program and you'd think you'd, you'd go through the first six episodes or something uh, right. and you'd, you'd you'd be keep watching it and thinking right okay i'll keep watching it because we'll see where it goes whereas nowadays yeah. someone will watch one episode of something and they'll think no that's it i'm not watching that it's not going anywhere I'll go, I'll go on to the mm-hmm. next thing. Oh, yeah, you, you might get 15 minutes into an episode, and if it's not doing anything for you, there's so much options, yeah. right? So much to choose from. You, I'll just move on. My my time is more valuable now than... I've, I've got so many options. Why am I wasting my time with this slow-moving show? Well, they even created... What was that? They There was that um, experiment network that was basically... The app that was basically like 10-minute shows. Yeah. That they were was really, that Quibi? Quibi. Quibi. Yeah, you're right, Quibi. And it didn't last. It it really backfired. But if you watch Netflix, right, like there there's a lot of shows on there now. They're doing like twenty minute shows, eighteen minute shows, like intentionally of like mm-hmm. sitcoms and everything. Like so that way, even if you decide you don't love it, it's like eight episodes and they're eighteen minutes apiece. So then they can still claim, look, they watch the whole series. Yeah. <laughs> it's mean, like they're an hour and a half invested. Right? I mean, even a show that already has an established um, fan support, The Mandalorian, it's yeah. part of Star Star Wars. I mean, you're going to get people watching that show no matter what. Right. Yeah. It's like eight episodes a eight season, episodes. and they're like under forty minutes an episode. Mm. Yeah. Some some of them are like thirty two minutes. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and that's. But you know what? I appreciate this about streaming networks now. Um, this is some of the problem I've had with some of these Deep Space Nine episodes over the past couple of seasons is the pacing. Um, they will either push a story way too far fast. Right. Um, uh, last week we watched an episode Tribunal, um, where 
it, they had this great setup, this great story, and then within one minute, they ended the story and wrapped it all up in exposition. Yeah. You guys went right. on, on like the side of the stage, tapping their watch, like, "Hey, let's wrap it up. Yeah, let's, let's go. wrap it up. Let's yeah. go. Let's go." Whereas these new streaming networks and these streaming shows can say, "This is the episode I got. This is a thirty-minute show, but this one's going to be a forty-eight-minute show," and they can do it because they don't have to worry about advertisers. They don't have to worry about commercial breaks. Yeah, I mean, it really has allowed for greater creativity. So, yeah, there are some negatives, like the shorter attention span, but at the same time, it allows for m- more of the vision of the writer for their series to come to fruition. Yeah, and even even shows like uh, like One Division from Marvel that they're exact that's exactly the same where they've kept it to that um, around yeah. thirty minutes to forty minutes per episode as well. So they've right they've done that as well. So yeah. Right, yeah, I, I just watched the finale today, and it was it was forty eight minutes, by far the longest one, but the rest of them have been much shorter. Yeah. But eight minutes of that was was the was the credits oh, at the, the end, credits. Yes. the credits, and then the, did you, did you see both of the post credit sequences? I, I did, I did, I did, yeah, I did. <laughs> Rob has not watched it yet, so he took his uh, headphones down. <laughs> so now, we're not going to spoil anything. I don't believe. Yeah, it's I'm, Marvel. I'm not, you know, you're I'm not get spoiling anything, Rob. I'm, I'm not going to spoil it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, but you, you'll enjoy it. It's satisfying. I'm looking forward to it. We're gonna probably watch it tonight. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Uh, so let's have a look then. So description of your show. I would say that you're working your way from beginning to end of all the Deep Space Nine episodes. Is that is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. I mean, you know, our goal is to to just kind of uh, you know the the great thing is again we got the three different voices. We have someone who's new to star trek and two who are veterans one who loves this series and one who's kind of middling on it so you know we watch the episodes and bring all of our perspectives from our lives into the show and 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 hopefully there will be some episodes where when we start the episode that we're recording one of us may hate the episode but by the end of it we see it in a new light so our goal is to kind of that's already happened yeah quite a few times right so yeah, it's, it's kind of breaking down the episodes and, and looking for, for me, it's looking for moral and philosophical questions. Um, for Rob, it's, I don't know what it's for Rob. What is it for you? I want to be entertained. <laughs> he wants yeah. I want Are you not entertained? I want it's just, it's a, just a reason to watch DS9 again. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, we also try to throw in every, so every month, once a month, uh, filler episodes where it's kind of, we talk about random things whether it be uh our favorite tv show characters so we try to hit pop culture in between ds9 episodes here and there okay you're preempting something i'm going to ask here aren't you um uh-oh uh-oh so i was because i was about to say what would you say each of you is your actually this might be tricky so your favorite main character and your favorite peripheral character, shall we say? Well, before we say anything, there, I'm, Nick can go first. We'll do we'll do Joe. main characters because when we get the peripheral character, uh, Joe may take an hour of your time. So, Nick, go ahead and do your main character. Main character, main character. I'm going Odo. Main character. Odo. Did I go to? Yeah. I. This will change probably regularly, but right now I go Cisco. Cisco. Yep. Okay. Main character. I'd say is Quark. Quark. I love Quark. Is Quark a main character? Yeah, he's, yes, he's he in is. the credits. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Don't 
Don't hate on him. I'm not He's hating on I'm not. I would almost consider him a secondary character. How You're out of your mind. How dare you? It doesn't mean he's not good. A good he's character. not good enough for you. My gosh, can you lay off of it? Well, we're gonna <laughs> is it his age? We're going to have a show meeting. Is later. it his age? Shut your mouth. <laughs> this is embarrassing. He's in the main credits. Yep. Yeah, it's true. Armin Shimmerman is in there, buddy. So he's main character. I, I'm not knocking him. He's great. Sounds like it's cool. Also, also very good as, as Principal Snyder. Yep. In Principal Buffy the Vampire Slide. Buffy the oh, Vampire Slayer. Yep. I'm one of the. I have not ever seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Great as a judge in Boston Legal too. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And. Uh, and and a great death from uh, Principal Snyder in Buffy the Vampire Slayer as well. Well, now I have no reason to watch it. Spoiled. <laughs> no. Uh, I've not told you how. Character. <laughs> um, I, I think for our, our B characters, I'm going to guess it's all the same guy. But we're going to let Joe talk most about it. I'm going to go with Garrick. Oh, and then I'm going to shut up. I was going to say Garrick. Yeah. Nick, what do you think? Well, who's yours? I'll say Garrick. Go ahead, Joe. It's Garrick. Take it away, Joe. You can't see this, but I'm I'm threatening both of them. Yeah. They have they have to say Garrick. Yes. Garrick, Garrick is my favorite my favorite character on the show. He loves Garrick so much, right? He has an erection right now. I, oh, oh, I love I love uncomfortable. Garrick. <laughs> He's the best person to go if you want a really good suit tailoring. That's for sure. That's true. That's true. Got clothes, yeah. Yes. Mark, who's your favorite character on the show? Uh, favorite main character, uh, possibly Cisco. Okay, my man. And uh, de- my uh, favorite peripheral has got to be Garrick, for sure. I mean, we're not even to some other peripheral characters just yet. So I mean, by almost I mean, like I'm, I'm only two seasons in, so I can't. I mean, over the over the scope of the entire series, my favorite character is probably going to. Well, my favorite main character is going to change. Garrick is he's etched in stone. Who is the alien from Move Along Home? I really like that guy a lot. <laughs> oh, no. I'm trying to remember. Now, Nick's been drinking, so we apologize I'm for him. Not. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Dear me. But talking about peripheral characters, Lita. It's amazing how a character that's as, as little a character, shall we say, from the beginning, makes mm-hmm. also makes such a huge growth throughout the whole seven seasons as well. And without spoiling it for Joe, Nog. Nog is a great Nog. example of that. <sighs> yes. I might absolutely. change my answer, actually. I'm changing my answer. Nog. That's my answer. I'm sorry. Your answer's wrong. Yeah. No, I just, even this last episode is fantastic that we're, we're covering the season finale for the second season today. And Nog has a pretty decent role in there. He's okay. I, I know, together, together with Jake, I, I like their relationship. Yeah. Well, I, I like the relationship between Jake and his father, Cisco. I love it. Yes, I love, love it. I love that relationship between those two. It's a, yeah. it's it's a perfect father and son relationship that's just so beautiful, and you can tell how much Avery Brooks and Siroc both had that almost father son relationship in real life as well. They must have done to have been able to be like that because it it just seems so natural. It does. It comes through on screen yeah. so effortlessly. Sirak has talked about that. I, I don't know if it's on the seventh floor or what it's on, but he said that uh, Avery Brooks really treated him like a son. He even called him son. Yeah. Well, and uh, the thing that I really love about it is the chemistry was apparent from the very first episode. It's Definitely. not like some of these shows 
where you're like, you know, they're, they're not really lining up well. And then at some point they just click, right? Like I would have loved to have been in the screen tests for that when they were, when they were auditioning and when they finally put them in the room together for the first time, because I bet you the producers were just blown away from their instant chemistry. Cause they, I mean, you would think they're actually father and son. Like, they're yeah, that the, good. the chemistry is, is excellent. It's, yeah. it's so far it's the best in the show. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Um, and go, going back to Nog, I will say that, um, during the Dominion uh, War uh, episodes, some episodes with Nogs were, were almost, um, you know, tear-inducing in some ways because his acting in it and what happened with his character were just, that they were also amazing. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I, yeah. That uh, I know what you're speaking of, and yeah, that was, that was really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, just in passing, what do you think about the argument that people have had over the years, the uh, Deep Space Nine Babylon 5 argument? Babylon 5, people can go to hell. <laughs> well, okay, okay. <laughs> Slow your roll. Okay, calm down. I co-signed on that. I've never seen Babylon 5, but I co-signed. No, My man. Babylon 5 is really, really good. It is. I've heard that. It is. And I, still go to hell. And I think the reality is, I think this is, to me, when shows like this fight, there's room for both of them. Right. Yeah. And I know the, the, the fear is that one copied the other. Right. That's that's the big argument that they're just um, they're they're just, uh, just being stealing material. But that's a sign of honor, I think. So it, whether it be Babylon 5 stealing from DS9 or vice versa, you know, it's a sign of how well done your material was that people would want to take that and run with it. It's the same reason why. Apple keeps making great phones year after year because they take all the good designs from everyone else. They steal them and put them in their phone. And, and people love Apple watches for it. People love Apple phones for it. Right. I mean, it's yeah. no different. So does, does deep space nine predate Babylon five? Same time, weren't they? Same they time. were around the yep. same time. Yeah. And the thought was one went in the production before the other. And they, they knew about each other as they yeah. were getting ready. So the thought is, well, you knew what we were trying to do with our characters, and you kind of stole them before you went to screen. I mean, no, it's no, not not having seen Babylon Five, yeah, and only seeing a very small portion of Deep Space Nine. I see it as sort of like a like comedians, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think some some comedians will flat out steal your material, and it's you know it's Blake, Dane Cook, yeah, yeah. Carlos Mencia, Carlos Mencia, yeah. Um, but there are there's comedians who kind of share a lane mm-hmm. right but they do their own thing but they kind of share a space or like a like an you know like a like material or, or uh, people who do observation right or like uh do like one-liners or yeah. they do um you know like sex related stuff or they do whatever they're fil- they're a, a dirty comic or yeah. or people do clean material yeah you know there's there's room for more than one of a certain type of art right you know, just because someone makes one type of art doesn't mean just because there's a rock and roll band doesn't mean there doesn't need to be another rock and roll band. There was the Beatles, and there's the Rolling Stones, yeah. and there's room in this world for both of them to coexist. Well, and today they can overlap and they can influence each other. Well, and that's the same thing that's happening today, right? You have you had Led Zeppelin, you know, and now there's Greta Van Fleet, who's out of Flint. Sounds almost exactly like. Led Zeppelin and people are ripping them to shreds because of that. Mm. But that that is a sincere form of flattery, right? Like 
to imitate. Right. And and I, I personally think they have a unique sound, but uh, like I I just can't when these people argue about stuff like this, like it happens in gamer culture too, like Xbox or PlayStation, right? DC and Marvel. Or DC and yeah. Marvel. The reality is the fact that they're competing means that they're going to work to bring out better products. So why why do we want one to win over the other? We want them to keep competing because it's going to force them to come up with better writing or better material right. or better product. Because if you're if you're not better than the other guy, yeah, then then they're not arguing not, about what's not, better. Well, they're not watching your show. Yeah, because exactly. If there's another show that's similar to what you're doing and they do it, they're doing it better. I'm just gonna watch Babylon Five. Right. Or if you're a Babylon Five person and it's you know it's it tank and it's going downhill, I'll just I'll watch Deep Space Nine. Yeah, now. it's fine because it's familiar to me and it's right. comfortable. But the writing is better, so I'm gonna go. Right, and, and it has Garrick. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, wherever wherever Garrick is, that's the show I'm watching. <laughs> Absolutely, but you, you find it a lot with a lot of programs where it, it's called inspiration, so or influence. Right. So shows yeah, right. will be influenced by other shows. You know, yeah. I mean. Um, not not that you can see it incredibly that much, but you know, Gene Roddenberry said that the original Star Wars was was basically wagon train to the stars. Is that what he called it? I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah. he was inspired by that. Um, you know, um, I would say that Alias, the spy show, was mm-hmm. sort of Great influenced show. ish on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. To a degree. Mm-hmm. You know, so you've got all these things that inspire each other, which which brings us to, you know, you've already mentioned, you know, other sci-fi. So what other sci-fi do you love individually? Well, I there's this little known show. Called, Never heard of it. <laughs> no, I joke around with the guys all the time. So I'm a big Battlestar Galactica fan. I absolutely love that show, um, particularly because it does speak to xenophobia and it speaks a lot about terrorism and justified terrors, terrorism so I really enjoyed um, uh, Battlestar Galactica for that reason that was probably that was probably the first sci-fi show I really watched after watching all the Star Trek shows saying wow this is incredible like after that um, not much could could live up to it I've watched The Expanse I really enjoyed The Expanse um, it's based off of uh uh, basically a series of nine novels it's on uh, amazon prime but uh gosh i'm i'm in a lot of sci-fi actually now that i mentioned that i'm a big sci-fi nerd you know i learned talking to joe and nick a couple of weeks ago that i'm actually really not into sci-fi neither i, okay. I neither am i yeah, i mean yeah. not that i'm not into it i just i don't think i've really watched yeah. a whole lot of it I think the problem is Star, a lot of Star Wars. I think a lot of the sci-fi people are exposed to tends to be cheesy sci-fi, and I think that's the problem. Yeah, you need something that's done well, written well. I think The Expanse, which you can watch on Amazon, is really good. Quantum Leap. Yeah. <laughs> Quantum Leap is good. But, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Me personally, uh, yeah, d- definitely all of the Star Treks. As I was saying before the show, you know. Yeah. watched all the star treks um star wars i suppose i'm a bit of a sci-fi geek i suppose so good man yep um, I, I mean sorry go ahead I've, I've i've watched some babylon 5 i've got all the babylon 5s on dvd i've just not had the chance to actually watch them yeah because i'll always find something else <laughs> it's right. that sort Deep of Space thing Nine. uh right yes i even if i do end up watching babylon 5 I will still 
say that Deep Space Nine would be the better show. <laughs> Nick, did you hear that? Just want to make sure you heard that. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I never Simple said, mathematics. I never said bad luck. <laughs> better. I think Deep Space Nine is better, but I don't think it's fair to make you. You know, I want to talk trash. decide one is great and one is terrible. They can no. both excel. agree. Yeah. The episodes like, that I've seen of Babylon Five, I've liked. Yeah. So, like, my sci-fi love is not so much sci-fi, but if you start talking about Batman yeah. comic books, we'll we'll chat. I mean, Batman, you can really consider him kind of science fiction, right? He uses all gadgets that aren't real. He has no superpowers, man. Exactly. Science fiction. He uses science, and it's fiction. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned Batman, you know, and the superheroes thing. And going back to, to a point, point that you made, I mean, back in the day, Marvel and DC used to admit that they basically ripped each other off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Their each ideas. of them has, yeah, they all have characters that overlap, right? Yeah. Uh, they, both have, they both have Captain Marvels. Yeah. They do. <laughs> yeah, they That's do. True. They both have their own Batmans, right? Yep. They, you know, basically Tony Stark is the Batman for the Marvel Universe. You know, I mean, when you think about it, it's a guy who uses technology. He's a billionaire. He's yep. messed up, right? Because Tony Stark in the comics is, is messed up. You know, he's an alcoholic. He has all these other issues. Yeah, um, yeah they overlap. Absolutely. Back in, the, back in the day, there were more uh, blatant about ripping each other off. Oh, yeah. And they, and they would, they would yeah. talk trash about it, too. Right. It was just, there was no secret about it. Yeah. Now, you got to kind of dance around, oh, well, they're an influence, and we love what they're doing. And the, No. We, we know what you're doing. Yeah. And it's okay. We're cool with it. Yeah. It's I mean, fine because yeah. the, you're going to want more of whatever it is anyway, right? You know, you know when, when Marvel eventually brings out the, the Namor film, everybody's going to say, oh, that's a ripoff of Aquaman. Because it is. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. It absolutely yeah, they, is. And they yeah. said that back in the day. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 What's going to be interesting pretty soon is because they're doing the thing where they're going to have a multiverse in multiverse Marvel. Madness, yeah. And th- but DC was starting to work on that with the Flash, which will come out after Multiverse of Madness. And they're going to say it's copying, and they're saying they're gonna, it's going to say it's copy. So yeah. you can't win if you're if you're that group. So if you're Star Wars, Star Trek, Dallas, Star Galactica, DC, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to Battlestar Galactica, then I'll, I'll ask this now: so seventies uh. <laughs> or the noughties? What do you think of them both? So I, I've tried watching the seventies version and I find it quite cheesy. I didn't enjoy it at all. I liked the, the, the grittier reboot. I liked, um, I really enjoyed because one of the cool things about Battlestar Galactica is it's science fiction, right? They're on spaceships, but they still use paper and they still like, there's still all these things, you know, they still like, they look like they're living a normal life, like a normal, you know, it looks like you wouldn't walk down the streets there and you wouldn't know anything but then all of a sudden they have a giant battle star galactica up and up in space or the pegasus up in space so uh i definitely like the, the grittier reboot the more grounded reboot um especially because as i said uh what they have to say about also religion because it's very big on monotheism versus polytheism right and the humans are polytheistic the cylons are monotheistic so it's kind of at first it's a a religious war and I, I dig those elements especially because you know I'm all about that religious life so 70s sci-fi is very hit or miss too yeah and when it misses oh boy and this is bad yeah this is bad. and when it, and when it hits it doesn't really hit all that hard 
No. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think really getting into the like mid to late 80s is when modern sci-fi really starts to take off and, and get very good. Yeah. De- definitely with television. I mean, the films... Uh, films are a completely different beast altogether because yeah, had, I'm speaking you, more, you had some more, decent more films. But yeah, you're right. You had some decent yeah. films in the late sixties. You see, you've got yeah. two thousand and one, I suppose, in the late sixties. Uh, in the seventies, you've got things like Silent Running, and then in the eight, then so you've always had this constant stream of films. But I think that's more budgetary that's caused right. that. Whereas in the seventies and earlier with television, they didn't put the amount of money into the budget as they started mm-hmm. to do in the late 90s and the early noughties. Well, yeah, right. So, um, are there any standout moments at the moment in your show that you can think of? I'm going to say something, and Nick's going <laughs> to... I know what you're going to say. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Nick's going to yell at me after this. So, you speak, you slip up, and Nick mentioned sending a twat instead of a tweet. <laughs> It makes me laugh still to this day. Well, like yeah. you think about the verbiage, and it makes sense. Like, you know, like I'm going <laughs> to pass. I'm going to tweet this message. So, was it tweeted? Was it you know? You know, <laughs> words are hard. Words they're are, they're words difficult. Are yeah, they are. I think actually, I think for me, the standout moment was there was an episode earlier in this season where they were on a planet where they shun technology, and uh, we were arguing about what it's a cult what is a cult versus what is not a cult. And that was, I think that's the first time where we had a, like a flat out argument on the show. Yeah. Most of, I mean, I, we like to have friendly banter, but um, this is the first time when I realized that I'm working with two men who don't know what they're talking about. Um, so that was very difficult for me. And we had to come to the realization that Nick's an alcoholic. Well, <laughs> and that if, you know, if any of us were, you know, called to a cult, Nick would go. Yeah. Nick would be in a in, heartbeat. Yep. Yeah. Look, man, they have free Kool-Aid. <laughs> I know, you get thirsty. I get it. I get it, man. It's summertime. The pizza episode we did was a lot of fun, too, because... I had fun with it. Because it's one of our episodes where we needed to really put a pair of parental advisory in front of it because Nick... Or, sorry, Joe went off about Detroit-style pizza. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a pizza addict. I love pizza. I love it. Yeah. I had it twice today. And for lunch and just now. Hey, it's no, a good day. No arguing. And yeah, I I just I, I didn't hold anything back. Yeah, was that your standout moment then? Um, I don't. I I thought this one of, honestly one of my standout moments was the first episode I was on. Just yeah, how that's fun. It it was a lot of fun, but just how uh, how good the episode was and being so new to everything. It really it really did like grab me immediately, mm-hmm. and. You know, if 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 I didn't if I didn't like the show or the or the the uh, the episode wasn't that good, mm-hmm. I still would have I still would have you know, I was already here. I'm going to do the episode, but maybe I might not have been as into it. And but I was into it from the get go, and yeah. that it, it just kicked everything off. And I, you know, I wanted to watch more. I wanted to. I was reading more about it. I was, you know, I try not to read too far ahead. But I think that first moment was that first rush mm-hmm. of like, okay, this is definitely going to be something that I want to do. Like, you know, you hadn't invited me back for the next time yet, right? But I was like, okay, well, I want to watch more with them and I want to talk about it more. Yeah. I don't want to just watch one episode and talk about it and then, yeah, be, then done. be done with that. Yeah. I want, it was a show that I was like, 
I want to talk about every episode that I watch with you guys. So, Joe, for a cult. Yeah. <laughs> so, Joe, have you got to the stage then where, in in a sense, you're watching these episodes for the shows? And really, you want to actually be watching more than just that one episode per week. You want to be, you know, you're hooked on it now. Yeah, I am. I absolutely am. I mean, we watch, generally, we do two episodes um, per episode of our show. So there's two episodes of Deep Space Nine that we do per podcast. Um, But I, I find myself wanting to watch more. I want to, I want to, I want to skip ahead, but I don't, at the same time, I don't want to skip ahead because I want, you know, my thoughts and my, uh, my impressions of each episode on our show are very fresh, right? It's the week. Sometimes it's the, the day I, I'll watch the show the morning before we record. So I'm super fresh mm-hmm. and the episode is super fresh in my mind, but I do want to watch more. I, I, I can't wait to watch more. Well, and I'm going to say something kind of sacrilegious, but T-Space 9 is not meant to be binge-watched. It's not. I agree. It's a show that you need time to reflect on what happened and think about it. And this is the thing where sometimes I think our our modern television is at a disadvantage because it's made to binge-watch, right? So you get through a series in three weeks, and then you never think about it ever again. Mm-hmm. If Deep Space Nine was like that, would people still be thinking about it today? Would people still care about this show because you could watch it in three weeks, right? If you didn't watch it, I don't think they would. But the fact that you can think about it and and as you're thinking about the episode you watched to get new little nuggets out of it and say, wait, why did Cisco respond this way? Or wait, maybe he isn't as uh, good of a captain as we thought he was or commander at this point. You know, these are things that you're not going to get if you're binge watching. Um, yeah. I, I watch TV differently because I watch Deep Space Nine now. Yeah. Like, I watch TV more analytically. I'm thinking about things good, good man. in, a, in, a, in a, much, uh, a much different sense than just, okay, that was a good 30 or 45 minutes. What's next? Yeah. You know, I'm watching Deep Space Nine. I'm, I'm taking notes. I'm making mental notes. I'm analyzing character growth. I'm, I'm doing all these things for our show. Mm-hmm. But Deep Space the show Deep Space Nine itself is doing some of these things for me, and it's just, it's so well done. And it, in a sense, it's kind of ruined binge-watching for me. I, don't, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a binge-watcher in general. I don't watch a ton of TV. I just don't. I don't watch a ton of movies. But I, I watch this show way different than I've watched anything else, yeah. with, with the exception of probably Lost. Okay. That's also science fiction, by the way. That's sci-fi. Okay, well then, well, then, well, then I got lost. Then I'm a huge sci-fi fan. Have you watched the, uh, the the show that the people from Lost made after that, Fringe? Oh my gosh, I forgot about Fringe. That I, is yeah. such a good show. Yeah. Did you I ever did. watch it? No, I didn't. Oh, they do multiple realities in that one too. It's pretty cool. I oh, think I think it's like X Files, but not and just kind of gave up on it too quick it's like a i don't want to say it's a goofier x-files because it's not goofy it's not at all but oh x-files yeah i like yeah. i like sci-fi <laughs> <laughs> to go back on a question from a half hour ago yeah I like, i'm a sci-fi guy <laughs> like x-files lost Fr- fringe, fringe is a strange one because it's it's a slow burn to start with the first season yes. uh is pretty slow and just very very x-files ish Yes. 
and then and then it finds its feet, it finds its uh, footing in the second season onwards and then it becomes that overarching story that's just really well paced and incredibly clever absolutely yeah. so um yeah going back to the serialization uh i think that's another good thing with uh, recently where you've got things like the mandalorian and these disney series where they're mm -hmm. all going to be released on a weekly basis uh and like you said it becomes it's it's it makes it a talking point then that they do that where you'll be talking and saying oh i wonder what's going to yeah. happen in the next episode whereas if you have it as a binge series and you just watch it over a weekend or a couple of days off yeah. and yeah. it's not got the same sort of satisfaction that you get from from a series that's released as a serial i 100 percent agree and i think that that's i think what they're doing with that is a is a happy medium between um, the old school appointment television, mm -hmm. weekly appointment television, and the new school of just drop everything and let everybody watch it all at once. Yeah, I think having something streaming weekly, yeah, episodic like that, I think that's a perfect happy medium, and I, I appreciate that they do it because I, I just there's something so dissatisfying about having everything all at once, being able to watch it in a day or two. Yeah. And then throwing it away. And then, yeah. and then you never talk about well, it again. And that's, you know, you and then that also puts a lot of pressure on these streaming networks to release constant new content because people are doing it like right. that, right? It costs a fortune to create a new series, right? And and then to be like, you know what, I'm gonna drop all eight episodes at once and then immediately go into creating a new one instead of let's just pace it out. You film it all at once, fine. But then release right. it one at a time. They did that with Netflix, did that with The Witcher, which is absolutely incredible. But they released them all at once, so people stopped talking about it. But think about it, like, in early 2020, before the or right when the pandemic hit, um, Netflix released Tiger King, and everyone was obsessed with Tiger King for, like, two weeks. Yep. But then no one ever talked about it again. Or, or um, oh gosh, Bridgerton was a huge hit more yep. recently. No one talks about it anymore. It was all over Twitter for like a, a week and a half or two weeks, and then it was gone. And so you lose a fan base that way because there's not that word of mouth that would happen by weekly releases. Yeah. And the anticipation from week to week to try to get to that next episode. Absolutely. Yeah. But but then again, as a, as a Trekkie, uh, you know, that, that amount of time we had to wait to find out what happened after Best of Both Worlds Part 1 <laughs> and Next Generation, and we had to wait oh. a whole six months for Part 2. But how incredible probably was that moment? Like, oh, I remember. I what, I watched uh, it and I crapped my pants. And that's one of the best <laughs> cliffhangers of all time. And start, yeah, that was such a good cliffhanger. I seriously, I see that was what was that? That was ninety one, maybe. Maybe. So I was a young man then, and I swear to God, it's like holy shit, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Picard the Borg. What the hell? Yeah. I know. What the hell are they doing? How are they going to get out of this one? I've got to wait six exactly. months to find out. Damn it. you got to wait six months to find out. And you're right? just going to sit there and go, this is bullshit. <laughs> so, now, so then what happens for the next six months, the Star Trek fans start talking amongst themselves and then and then telling their friends and saying, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen. I've never seen a show do this before. They just before. blew up a card. And then, and then they get more fans, right? 
but news traveled so much slower back then too. Yes. So you yeah. so it would come out in like a magazine, a monthly magazine. So the six months in in nineteen ninety one time was probably six minutes. Six, well, <laughs> probably six weeks yeah. or a month in twenty twenty time. I mean the, the 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 conversion rate is probably by the time that show ended and the information and and fans' reactions are coming out through these magazines or I mean very it's very very early internet uh, internet was around but it was yeah. not yeah it was not a much. so it was I mean even 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 the internet was a few years off really so just news traveled so much slower so the six months probably didn't seem like six months six months now it's a it's a death sentence for a show <laughs> yes it is I mean, think just think of Ozark or The Walking Dead or or Ozark, yeah. Breaking Bad. These yeah. shows where they they went off the air for a, a, a large period of time. Yeah, and you know you had your anticipation, but people just moved on. Not from Breaking Bad. Well, not from Breaking Bad, but I mean, but yeah, you're right. You just well, there's so much out there. You just kind of move on, and then all of a sudden it comes back, and you're like, oh yeah, that show I remember, and then kind of forgets where you were beforehand just yeah well sopranos you had two years between two of the seasons i think yeah that's true yeah that's true lost had a big break there for a while too curb yeah. your enthusiasm has huge breaks between that yeah. season yes and going completely different family guy yeah yep and that yeah so what sort of research do you do prior to the show? Is it just watching the episodes and then taking notes, or do you actually look up uh, online and go down rabbit holes? I think uh, all of us do it a little bit differently. Most of the time, I'll go to Fandom or IMDb and do a little bit of research. Because I'm a huge nerd, I already know most of the behind-the-scenes stuff. But I'll go pick up something that that I'll, I'll read on the Internet real quick and... and and updated. I, I know early on before Joe came around, we were I was kind of the the behind the scenes guy, and I would drop that knowledge here and there. But yeah, it's pretty much we watch the episodes, we all take our notes, we convene, and then we talk about it. And I'll drop some random behind the scenes stuff. Right. Uh, and yeah, I, I do a little bit of research, but I don't I don't go down the rabbit holes as much. Um, I will say that when we sit down to film an episode. Um, we uh, a philosophy of our podcast is to not script it. Essentially, we are. It's very important for us to not feel scripted. Other shows, and it works for them, and I and I really appreciate that. But we wanted this to come across like just like you could listen to this um, in your car or wherever you may be, and you felt like you were part of the conversation. And if we had done it like in a scripted manner, where you had segments and other things, it would lose a little bit of that um, that. Um, that warm, warmness yeah. or organic nature to it. So, um, so one of the one of the things I think is an advantage for us is there's there's not a lot of prep time to it. it, it it's kind of nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that I don't quote unquote prep. I mean, I watch the episodes, and I take my notes, and I have an outline of things I want to talk about or no or you know notes that I want to hit. Sometimes we hit them, sometimes we don't. It right, depends on where the conversation is going. It's not a cult. It's totally a freaking cult, man. Like that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, being so new, I kind of, I, I want to get as, I'll watch the episode 
and then I'll have my notes and then I'll go back and I'll, I'll do a little more research on either things that things that were in the episode, mm-hmm. um, characters that may have come into the episode, uh, topics they, they touched upon, uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I'll do a little bit more research, but I won't, you know, I, it's not too intense yeah. because I, I don't want it to be like an information dump. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to, I just want to talk about the episode, what I saw, how I felt. Um, you know, sometimes I have strong feelings on an episode. Sometimes I don't. And it, it just depends on what, honestly, it just depends on what the show is giving me at that point. So when having no actual set structure to the show, do you just uh, do very minimal editing then and you just let the show almost go out uh, in that natural way that you've uh, discussed the the episodes during yeah. your episodes themselves? So, so before, it, with, with our previous mixer, I had to do quite a bit of editing the normal lines of volumes and, and play around with that. Um, and, it, and I would cut out maybe pops or anything else we would have in there, but I don't, I, I don't really cut segments or for instance, let's say there's, um, a long pause or something like that. I leave those in there because I think a long pause is a natural thing, right? People have long pauses in conversation. The brain farts. The brain, right. So I, <laughs> I very intentionally left that in there. Now I could argue that it's out of laziness as well. <laughs> Um, if there's a big mistake in there then we would cut it out but we haven't been there really yet for the most part i'm sure it'll happen at some point yeah it just Um, jinxed us man i know and i you know and i've done editing and all that so for me it's not a big issue it wouldn't be I, i could edit it if i wanted to but i i i like what we're doing here and i like plus we're one very naturally for us yeah yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah. I feel like uh, the Hair Club for Men. I'm not just I'm not just a podcast host. I'm also a listener. Yeah, but I, I listen to our show, and it does sound pretty organic and natural flowing. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that. I wouldn't want it to I wouldn't want it to be cut up so that some of these breaks and some of these um, the ums are yeah taken you know, out taken out because that's a conversation. But if I'm just hanging out with you guys and we're not recording, we're talking about football or we're talking about another TV show or whatever. You know, it's it's gonna sound pretty much just like what our DS9 show sounds like, and I and that's kind of the, I mean to me that's kind of the point, right? Because those ums that are in there are ums that maybe other people are thinking. Like, if they're listening to our show, they could have a thought in their head and they're saying, um, but what about this? You know, so it's it it invites them in to have those little things like that. And if you don't give them those awkward pauses, the listener is gonna be yelling. What I'm thinking of, if I'm like, oh my god, what what was the, what was the name of that show? You know that one. And show? They're, and they're, just, they're listening, saying it was lost, you idiot. Like, it was lost. <laughs> like th- yeah. those are as a listener of other shows, I've done that when listening to other podcasts, and it's it 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 brings you into the podcast, yeah. and those are great moments, and I would hate to edit that interaction out. And some of it works really well, right? Yeah. I mean, but I think for what we're working at, what we're looking for, it just wouldn't be a natural fit for us. Yes. We don't do a lot of interviewing or none to this point. Okay. So I don't I think like with you, I'd have to imagine you have to do quite a bit of editing. Uh, yes, but not half as much as I used to do. Really? That's good. No, I, I think, I think when I started doing it, I was a bit more, um, 
I'd say probably over the top with it and a bit self. Um, I don't know what the word is really. Was it a perfection seek, or, or was it just because you had weird gaps you wanted to fill in? Yeah, it was more of a perfection thing, and then I realised over time doing it. I mean, I say over time. I only started doing it in in October. Uh, but over time, I've, I've sort of realised that I don't really need to go that way, and it sounds unnatural sometimes doing that. So you, you let little, like you said, you know, you let some pauses, you leave pauses as they are, because it's, it's it's natural, and sometimes right, yeah. when people um and ah, that's a natural because that's them thinking about what they're right. going to, you know. Did, so, did it like? Did that light bulb turn on for you? Was it were you listening to your own podcast? Did you get feedback, or how'd you come up? Uh, where you just said, "You know what? I don't need to do this anymore." I think, uh, yeah, I've, I've listened back to some of them, and um, and I've actually thought sometimes that it doesn't sound natural at times. And I've thought over over the over the months, I've thought, well, perhaps I ought to be a bit more lenient and not be quite over the over the top so much because I used to spend hours and hours editing as well and you, you'd think well why why am i using all that time up to make it sound unnatural good point now does any of that have to do with the fact that uh there's different audio sources and you, you're doing more of an interview show where the three of us are in a room talking so the conversation can be a little bit more natural and we don't have to necessarily wait for and you know to hear the response and then respond yeah, sometimes I think it's because of that that it is a, like that. Uh, whereas with the, because I, I, do, I do a mix of shows, uh, so I'll do that most of the time. It's episodes talking to podcasters about their shows, but occasionally I do group chats as well, where I'll get people in for just to chat about a specific subject, uh, and there'll be different podcasters from different podcast shows that come and talk. So I'm in talks at the moment with a couple of people who do. Uh, there's somebody who does a King Crimson podcast uh, there's a, a Yes podcast and then there's a podcast about Genesis so I thought it might be interesting to get all them together and have a, yeah. have a discussion about have a, Ooh, a, overall a discussion rock, about progressive uh, rock mishmash, yeah. I like it yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. so my, my eventually I'm hoping to do a, a Star Trek crossover work and have guys from different Star Trek related shows on and they can just have an all out chat about Star Trek so if you had to pick one, Genesis, yes, or King Crimson, who are you going to choose? Uh, I'll, I'll go with Genesis. Uh, pre uh, or uh, post Peter Gabriel or where, where are you at there? I'm so I think at... Genesis with Phil Collins' leap is much better Genesis. Hell yeah. I, I like all the eras of Genesis. Okay, okay. All right. Okay. Uh, but my my favorite I mean my favorite of my favorite album with Phil is probably Trick of the Tail. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. That is a great one. We can talk music all day too by the way. <laughs> yeah, we could. We're we're music fanatics here. And and Duke, Duke is a fabulous album. Mm. Mm. Uh, now I'm going to listen to Genesis after this. But th- but then I like I like We Can't Dance. Uh, a lot of that. We can. Yeah, it's such a good album. Well, I think that's what's so incredible about genesis is is how diverse their sound could be right i mean they could put out the pop hits but they could do the progressive rock too like it was they were an impressive band i love some good prog rock 
But they perfected the art of making a like a full album, like an album that that told a story. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Definitely. Yep. I uh, think Pink Floyd, did, Pink Floyd did that as well. Yeah. I, th- I think it's become a lost art with a lot of a uh, lot of bands. I mean, you know, we're going oh, completely sure. off yeah, subject absolutely. here. Absolutely. Uh, but a lot of lot of bands and artists nowadays, in some ways, I don't know if they know how to make an album as such that flows from one song to the other to the other that they used to do back in the old days. I think it's all about of the moment and the song that gets the interest from from the audience. Yeah, I, I think getting that hit out there, getting yeah, that that beat, especially with what you know, mainstream radio is playing. I mean, you, you, you can find artists out there that are making albums and, and, you know, kind of in the more traditional sense where they're, you know, making an album, right? not just a collection of songs. Uh, right. But yeah, it's, as far as mainstream music, the art of the album is gone. It's lost, right. it is over, it's dead. Well, I think part of that, it, this kind of goes back to, to media structures. You had to tell a story because you have side A and side B you had to be concise and precise with what you wanted on that album. Now it's like, there are no limits. It's all digital. I can do whatever I want. And it used to be, you know, these, these big rock bands or whatever, these groups that had deeper albums would say, we got to do at least one catchy single. So people will buy it. But once they buy it, they're going to be hooked on everything else. But now it's like, I just got to do one catchy single and that's it. And then I got to come up with another catchy single right. and then another catchy single. You jump single to single. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think, um, I think the, the music, uh, that sort of thing, the art of the album, I think that's just stayed as something that's more for those sort of the, the progressive bands that are around now. And yeah. some of the older artists, they still make albums as albums, mm-hmm. but right. yeah. But like, like you said, I mean, that, that works for all of all, all, all media formats really where it's of the moment it's it's what's now like like i was saying with programs where now people won't give a television series six episodes to get into it before it finds its feet they'll they'll just give it that 15 20 minutes and go no i don't like this what else can i watch Mm -hmm. on the on this streaming platform Mm -hmm. well and one of the things that i've always appreciated um about what happens overseas there is that they're not they're not seasons they're series right so like you know it'd be it'd be a contained series and they could make something else if they wanted to but the story was done and it's wrapped up right whereas here you don't do that you're, you here's the show that's going to last 10 seasons with 24 episodes a season and just get progressively worse and worse and worse i'm looking at you how i met your mother um <laughs> instead of just ending, right? Yeah. And now now American television is starting to kind of catch up to that. We're starting to do the series and everything like that. Um, but... Uh, we, t- we talked we, about we Lost of, not, yeah. not too long ago, and I yeah. feel like Lost would have been a better show if it was around now. Just because they really lost their footing in seasons three and four, and they they yeah. were telling very bad stories, and they were just introducing things into that show because they didn't know where they were going. Mm-hmm. There was no end in sight. And they needed 26 episodes. Right. Yeah. So if they had six seasons of maybe 12 to 15 episodes and 45 minutes long, tighter episodes, tighter yeah. episodes and they have a, you know, they, they go to Netflix or Hulu or they go to these, you know, these big studios and they say, 
we have a show, we have a story we want to tell over the next six seasons, you know, there, that there is going to be more concise. It's going to, you know, that filler is going to be gone, and the show itself is going to be way better. I know uh, uh, Dave Dave Bradley, who used to be uh, editor of the sci-fi magazine SFX. He actually said that he's recently been chatting with people who uh, make television for the US, and mm-hmm. they were saying how you know well, we're doing this thing where. We're only having like short seasons now of six to eight episodes, and uh, it's it's revolutionary. And then uh, Dave Bradley said, "Well, we've been doing that in the UK since the '60s." Right, exactly, and it allows for more creative storytelling, right, and 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 lessens the burnout for the viewer, but also the writers. You know, they're not under so much pressure; they can just they can write their best work and just be done with it. Can't really do that now. Well, you couldn't really do that when we were focused on those longer seasons, I should say. But I mean, the U.S. is kind of built upon co-opting things that and then that claiming the, them as that their the UK own. did, and then claiming them as their own. Well, both the U.K. and the U.S. are good at that. We're both really yeah. good. That's what, that's what we do. We we just oh, you guys do that. We just started doing that in the United States. Yeah. It's revolutionary, right? We like to colonize Brand things. New. We're both very good at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I've talked on somebody else's show about the fact that um, with music and media in, 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 you know, in all forms of media, the UK and the US have always had this, um, had this. It's almost like if if you're on like a seesaw or, or something, it, it it moves up and down, and so, you know, sometimes something that happens in America will influence something in media, uh, television, film, or music, or whatever in the UK and then vice versa. You've always had that throughout throughout the, the decades, I think. So would you say that the United States and the UK are like Deep Space Nine and Babylon 5? <laughs> well done. Well done. Wow, I've got to work out which is which now. <laughs> oh dear, UK is probably been. Babylon 5. <laughs> that's, that's, a very, that's a very British thing to say. <laughs> that's a very British thing to say. So where we're Americans, we're bred to be ignorant and pompous. We're very good at that. Yeah, it comes at birth. You get you get it at birth. I'm now thinking about your ex president. (laughs) Too soon. What are you talking about? The election isn't over yet. (laughs) Of course it's not over yet, because it was all rigged. Dear me. So, what what's your, what about the the music or any clips? What's what's your your take on clips or music in your show? We all love to do music, but uh, we uh, pay for this out of pocket, so we don't do music. We uh, think Nick loads. We do royalty free uh, music. I mean, Nick has been using. Um, I'm going to pull up the the guy we use because I want to give yeah, him a shout out. A uh, couple artists who have uh, royalty. Pretty good royalty free stuff. Royalty free music um, on the internet, and we we've just started loading clips. Um, that just it wasn't an option in our previous setup, uh, but now now it is an option and something that we can do, and we will be utilizing more. Yeah, you'll you'll hear uh, in our, our most recent episode that's been posted, uh, Kai Wynn and her My Child quite yeah. a bit over and over. Wow. My Child, but um, so so up to this point, uh, I have used uh, I have used. Um, uh, a website called SilvermanSound.com, um, and it's an uh, artist. His name is Shane Ivers, 
and I've used him almost every single week. Uh, and it's royalty-free music. He just asks that you give him credit. And if you are able to donate, he likes donations as well. But I found that he has so much diversity in the musical selections that he has that you can pretty much do anything in there. And yeah. there's been times where we've tried, you know, we've, we've experimented with putting in licensed music clips, but that gets into such a tricky area, right? Because first of all, when are you going to get that <laughs> letter in the mail saying you violated copyright? But also, you know, if you ever want to monetize something, that gets really tricky. Um, so we've, we've tried to stay away from uh, licensed stuff. Okay. I find that interesting because uh, the the two actors from Voyager who do their own podcast, they don't mm -hmm. use clips or anything from the shows either. Yeah, yeah. And it's probably for the same exact reason, right? They worry about, especially if they're, if they're, if they're um, actors, they're very familiar with the contracts that are signed and um, they're part of the, uh, the right, the acting guild. So they're, they're probably on top of that stuff and really cognizant of of staying within their legal limits and as far as as far as our show as a whole i don't think not having clips from the show has been a detriment at all i think you know our conversations hold enough water uh start to finish that we don't need we don't it just hasn't been it wouldn't seem natural uh to just drop in clips but last week having just maybe little drops here and there like a, a phrase like my child or something like that um for comedic effect is, is fun it is fun i think it amuses um, us more than anything yeah but as far as a conversation i mean we don't I, I wouldn't think that playing a clip to you know prompt a discussion it just isn't something that we need to do because we generally just talk because all the we're time. so entertaining we're without talking, these. we have no, there's no that arrogance. No voices are so soothing. We have the best voices ever. In a way, thinking about it, if you were to um, to do that, you'd be interrupting the natural flow of the conversation that you're having. I yeah. suppose. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and, and it makes me think too of those. A lot of those talk radio shows, or like you know, the shock jocks, like Howard Stern, where they have the soundboards and they're constantly hitting clips or whatever, and it just feels very um in your face yeah. sometimes it can take you out of what you're saying too yeah and i don't I, that's it, that has an effect on me yeah yeah i agree so you, you've just made me think that you, you could possibly do a one-off and do um because you know deep space nine is actually in the first episode of voyager yep 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 they launch from deep ds9 yep and they do going in the badlands and you have a really funny sequence in there in quark's bar remember that oh my goodness we can youtube it later yeah i'll have to look that yeah i don't remember that it's a voyager for a hot minute there was my favorite one okay. and then now it's now it's next generation i'm uh, you know right now if i rank them it would probably be next generation ds9 i'm really enjoying discovery even though rob hates discovery i don't hate it uh, he hates it um you know the original series is probably my least favorite by far wow yeah he's insane i know I know. I think Enterprise gets pretty solid towards the end. I would agree with that. First yes, couple I'll seasons agree are with iffy. That. Yeah. They, they, they got... The problem with Enterprise is that they were a victim of the fact that they got really good towards the end, but it was too late. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, the ratings were already too low. And they they were they fell victim to the same thing that happened in Star Trek Voyager is 
it was a reset button every single week and no one wants to watch a show that just resets every single week maybe once in a while give me an episode a one-off episode here and there but give me an overarching story another reason why i love to Battlestar galactica and because on voyager right you know they're in the delta quadrant they're stranded yep. they're getting beat up every week but the ship at the beginning of the next episode perfect condition every single week there's nothing wrong um so it takes you out of the show right this is supposed to be science fiction and they're playing it like science fantasy and it doesn't work yeah there's there's that big difference between science fa fantasy and science fiction like you said science fiction there's a there's a modicum of reality to it right right where you have to think to yourself like you were saying with with voyager you think they, they were beat up in a battle in the previous episode how did they yeah. how did they get repaired that quickly when they can't go back to a yeah. starport or, or star base and get the repairs need yeah. they need to be done exactly yeah and, and and they make a point of saying how they have limited resources and they're on their own well shoot if that's on your own man every every federation vessel should go on their own because they're doing pretty darn good Absolutely. <laughs> you know yeah. so um i mean the highlight of that show was when they finally did play go into that and did that with year of hell they had a two-parter year of hell where the yes. ship just got beat to crap yep. and and originally i i read a read an article by the writer who said they originally wanted to make that the whole season yep. but the producers at that time said no fans won't go for that so they made it a two-parter instead but oh gosh that would have been a great season just the whole season them getting the crap beat out of them <laughs> you know yep. that would have been good tv Yep, I read that as well. That that's possibly my favourite. Uh, um, I, I can't really say episode, but favourite bit of Voyager actually is probably Year of yep. Hell parts one and two. Well, um, it's, and it's a great episode about grief. Like, you know, this guy, you know, has this time, you know, this spaceship that can travel through time because he wants to bring his family back from the dead. Like, he's trying to save his family, so he's going into altering time, and everything he's doing is messing it up and making it worse and creating all these sorts of issues. So it's a, it's a good episode on how to deal with one's grief. Right. And we know ultimately he doesn't deal with his grief. He ends up dying and um, everything gets reset. Yeah. I'm sorry, Joe, we ruined it for you. Um, <laughs> this happened 20 years ago. Get over it. Um, but it's again, it's a Voyager episode where they have philosophical and moral implications. And when you go with that, you're always going to have good television. But then they, they don't always do that. <laughs> so outside of your own show, then, what sort of uh, podcast do you listen to yourselves, um, Nick? Well, so I right now I'm actually into some of the more um, the mainline podcasts, right? Like I'm, I'm watching Fake Doctors, Real Friends, The Scrubs are watching, listening to that one. I really enjoy that one uh, a lot. And then I was doing The Office Ladies for quite a while there. I only try to do a couple podcasts at a time because they get a, a little overwhelming. Like Fake Doctors, Real Friends. I mean, they, they every episode is dedicated to a new episode of that show. And they're in the fourth season now. So that's, I mean, that's 100 episodes. That's a, that's a mm -hmm. lot of listening time. So uh, right now I'm kind of sticking with a couple of those. Um, I've got a lot of the back burner ready to go. Okay, what about yourself, Rob? I um, 
I kind of rotate. I, I, I like to listen to them, but my time is not, I don't have a lot of time. So back in the day, I used to love, Kevin Smith used to do a podcast called Fat Man on Batman. Mm-hmm. And he used to deep dive into the Batman lore. And it was phenomenal at the time. Uh, it's not so good as now, but kind of what I'm rotating through is Inside of You and Michael Rosenbaum. I think it's a pretty entertaining show. Like The Fuse, because I'm a huge nerd and love the Mission Impossible film series. And so I listen to that. Plus, they're only like 20, 30 minutes long, so it's very easy to listen to. Um, Fake Doctors, Real Friends, if you've ever listened to our show, we we basically give that jo- that show a hand job. Uh, so <laughs> it, uh, it's just fun. I love Scrubs, and it's probably one of my favorite sit- – it probably is my favorite sitcom of all time. Um, there's a, a friend of mine does film school janitors. Bill Burr cracks me up, so I'll yeah. listen to him when I can. There's a local sports show called No Filter Sports yeah. and another mm-hmm. one called New, uh, No Bullshit News. And I just started listening to you about a week ago. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. You've listened to some good episodes, hopefully. <laughs> I really, I just, uh, the one I re- listened to most recently was the one where you interviewed the guy. I can't think of the name of the, uh, the freaking um, podcast network, but... Uh, he has a whole chain of episodes. One's 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 a political. One's his mom's cooking show. But that was really entertaining. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, that's a Malfi Media. That one. Bam! There it is. Yeah. Oh, wow. I forgot to add. Uh, Black Alert. I really like that podcast. Come on, you were stealing my thunder, man. Oh, did you? Oh gosh, I forgot. I've been listening to that one a lot. I it's like... totally bad. Let's start Galactica. Him over there. Yeah. I don't know if you've listened to Black Alert yet, but it's a really it's great excellent. Star Trek it's podcast. Right. Okay. Okay, I, I listen to I listen to a lot of indie podcasts. I have some friends who have podcasts. Because no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, the Infectious Groove podcast is a friend is a friend yeah, of mine. Um, their their music music discussion uh, week to week, very informative, fun. Um, I listen to uh, Good Pods. Don't have long names, <laughs> which is uh, a long name. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's just that's just general chat about nonsense. Um, Black Alert. I love Black Alert. Uh, it's a great. I a, already said that one. You can't have it. But I was going to say it anyway. Uh, I like political podcasts too, uh, true crime, things like that. Right. The Muff Podcast is, mm-hmm. is one that I that that's kind of true crime and political mm-hmm. at the same time. I want to get more into some of the other Star Trek podcasts out there. Like I know the others the there are us sisters podcast. I know there's black alert. There's a yeah. bunch of them out there that I want to try to yeah. listen to as myself. Like Star Trek rewind. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it's spotlight spotlight is a really good one. They're, they're really good. Um, and the Delta flyers, that, that's an interesting one. The, the Voyager one, because you're looking at that from the perspective of the act, two actors that were in it. Yeah. That's Robert Duncan McNeil. Right. And then yep. Garrett Wang, Garrett you know, Wang. Robert Duncan yeah. Robert Duncan McNeil, the best thing he ever did was not Voyager. It was the show Chuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> mm. <Yeah>. But uh, <laughs> he's got quite a history as Robert Duncan McNeil, especially for directing these days. Yes, he, yeah, does. he does. He's really busy television directing and producing. Yeah. Good for him. Mm. So um, what advice would you give to anybody starting out in podcasting for the first time? Just do it. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's great. You know what? If you want to do it, do it. And if you're passionate about it, your passion will come across on the show. Yep. Just if you have an idea, just do it. I think for me, it's just have fun with it. I'm not doing this for 
money because we make no money. Actually, we're in the hole uh, quite a bit. But yeah. just have fun with it. Do something you love. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's really important that you be sincere. You know, don't don't get on your podcast and try. You know, don't try to put on your radio personality. Right. Don't try to pretend to be something you're not. Be authentic and be real because that will shine through every time, and your and listeners will hear that and they'll appreciate that. Yeah. Um, authenticity goes a long way yeah huge huge i mean my favorite podcasts are always ones where i can tell there's real friendship in there and i can tell there it's real banter and it's not scripted banter so like those are the ones where they i'm endeared to them like i'm i'm hooked because of that because yeah, every single show that yeah. i've just named has incredible banter and, and incredible chemistry between the hosts right I think it's part of the reason we like fake doctors, real friends a lot because those two cats are our great friends and it comes through. Yeah. Yeah. They have guy love. Absolutely. I, I think, not to toot our own horn, but I think that's Maybe. part of the reason that, I mean, we're not, we're not successful, but I think, <laughs> but I think our show works in it, in its own. Right. I mean, we're not a widespread, we don't get, you know, tons of listeners, but what we do, I think works well in this, in this setting. Yeah. Because, we're authentic. It's it's just the three of us. We're we're friends. We're having a conversation, and none of us are trying to outdo one another. We're just we're just having fun He's doing it. <laughs> and we were trying to do one another, just not outdo. <laughs> I've said to other people that do shows where the presenters are so coming from a different angle that mm-hmm. I think that works perfectly in shows because you're looking at uh, Deep Space Nine. So anybody that's coming and listening to your show, they might be somebody who's listened to the show, watched the programs like I have from right. back in the day. So they've got right. that history with it. Or you might have somebody who's watched the odd episode but not really got into it that much and just right. dipped here and then. Or you've got somebody like Joe that's never watched it again, watched it before. So all of you are catering for those different points of view. Yeah, and I and I think that's kind of why it works so well is yeah. we eat. There's varying levels of fandom knowledge and experience, not only in deep, deep Space Nine, but in Star Trek in general and in science fiction in general, right? Yeah. And so we get all of these different viewpoints, but at the same time, our conversations aren't so in the know, uh, Star Trek wise, where you can you can listen to it. And we're and and kind of follow along without even having to watch the episodes, right? I mean, because we, we give a synopsis, so we're going to tell you what kind of happened in the episode. But then when we discuss it, we're going to do it in a in a general sense that it's kind of far it's farther reaching than just the Star Trek uh, universe or you know fandom. Absolutely. So, where can people find your show, and how can they get in touch with you? You can go ahead. Oh, I mean, you can find us on Apple, Spotify. Um, we're on we're at Anchor, Anchor, yeah, um, Google Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Pretty much any of the major platforms, we're there. Mm-hmm. Just search "Keeping Up with Keeping Up with the Cardassians." Um, you can also follow us on uh, Twitter at Cardassians Pod. Um, in, Rob runs our Instagram. Keeping underscore up underscore Cardassians. We also have a MySpace we actually don't use. Just for fun. <laughs> just for fun we did. Wow. Yeah, just for fun. Not not we don't maintain it. 
Oh, there's a Facebook page keeping up Karda- keeping up Kardashians, and then there's Pornhub. Just kidding. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> no pun I will not be participating in that. Yeah, you will. I will not be participating. But yeah, we're. I mean, you can you can get us on sure. any of the, the the major podcast platforms, and we're pretty active on Instagram and Twitter. Absolutely. Absolutely, as I've so. noticed. So the the the, um, oh, the the title of the show though that's 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 fabulous. Who came up with that and thought of the play on the Keeping Up with the Kardashians? Uh, that that was my first uh, that was my first uh, gift to the show was yeah. the name. We it was after the first or the second time we recorded, mm-hmm. and I think it was after the second time because that's when uh, Nick and Rob decided that they wanted to include me permanently mm-hmm. and become a three-person show. He's lying. He just shows and up. And before, before it was called the Nick and Rob Hour, right? And now it's not just Nick and Rob, so yeah. they needed a new, a new name. We had a quick text conversation, and I think within the first 30 seconds, within the first 30 seconds that I knew what a Cardassian was, I'm like, why is this show not named it already? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I said it, and they were just like, "That's perfect. That's perfect. We're, we're going right, right." Because originally, when we named it, it was we we were just using a temporary placeholder. We didn't really care we, for. We never settled on anything. We never settled on anything. And Nick didn't like any of my suggestions. Well, and originally, we we didn't know if we were going to branch out after this to something else. So, so we wanted to try to keep our name generic. But when you have something as good as keeping up with the Cartesians, it's like, you know what, screw it, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so we went for it. And I mean, hopefully by the time Deep Space Nine runs its course and we've ended that run and, you know, maybe we decide to do another Star Trek show or we're doing another something in yeah. science fiction, we will, you know, our, our our show name will have been kind of established enough where we it's not yeah, just. It's yeah. not just Star Trek. We go five. Go from five listeners to ten. <laughs> we're, we're, we're doubling our listener base. I'm happy with yeah, that. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. Well, you have got Cardassians in to, in uh, the next generation as well. That's right. true. That's true. And the, the, I think they were actually in Voyager. Uh, Sesco was uh, Cardassian. Yeah. Yes, hey, Sesco was a Cardassian. Yep. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Although you don't know that until later on in the first season, so you've spoiled that. We just ruined it for Joe. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Joe yeah. just ruined everything. I know. Joe's going to, I'll, going to I'll know now it. that she isn't really a Bajoran. Yeah. <laughs> Did I'll, you know I'll that he was dead all along in the sixth sense? <laughs> These guys, I mean, I, they ruin everything for me. <laughs> oh, oh, don't. I went to go and see the sixth sense with a friend of mine at the cinema, and I'm sat there, and I just suddenly turned to my friend, and louder than I intended to be, I just turned to my friend and I said, Bloody hell, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time you saw it this, this is the first time I saw it and I just sort of like it just sort of clicked in my head and I just thought that guy's dead because you realise that there's no interaction between him and anybody except nope, for the no rad one. yeah exactly Sorry. it was really well done and then M. Night Shyamalan decided every movie had to be like that and that kind of hurt him yeah. yes he did M. Night Shyamalan is good for one viewing and then, and then his movies kind of lose a, a little bit. I can bit watch of Unbreakable and Split okay, a hundred times over. Unbreakable is really good. Those, those are good. a little different. I they're actually not don't think Signs was bad. Neither do I. I mean, there's, there's, some, away. there's some big issues with it. Like, these aliens are basically allergic to water, but they're harvesting humans who are 
70 percent water of water yeah. so you know there's there's issues but it's a solid film i had a question for everybody <clears throat> joe a, your interview I, i'm taking over for just one question okay. <laughs> joe your your answer to this question is be very very narrow so favorite episode of deep space nine do you want me to answer first? Whoever answers first, answers first. Okay, so I have two. I have two. One is my actual favorite, and one is probably for sentimental reasons. My actual favorite episode is The Wire. Okay. From this from this latest season two. Wow. Uh, the Garrick uh, addiction yeah. episode. I thought it was fantastic. Um, for sentimental reasons, Duet is probably my favorite. Just because it was the one that hooked me. And and it's a fantastic episode. I mean, it's... it's Phenomenal television. Me? Where? Uh, I'm, I'm not as good with the names of the episodes. Um, I still think Duet is up there for me. Uh, Duet is easily one of my favorite ones. Um, then I'm also going to have to go... You can edit this, right? Yeah, I don't, this is tough. <laughs> This is tough. See, it's easier for me because I only have two seasons. Mark, can you name yours off the top of your head while Joe's looking, or while Nick is looking? I'll, I'll give you two episodes, but Joe won't know these. Um, so I will go with, uh, is it Siege of AR-58? Great, 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 great episode. And is is the other one, It's Only a Paper Moon? Oh, yeah. that's a, uh, Yeah, I know that we kind of talked about that one earlier. Yeah, with with yep. Nog yeah, getting over his... Um, <clears throat> PTSD. Yep, I think Joe got his headphones off in, in time. Yeah. Mine, it, actually, the reason I love this show so much, and the, and the reason I will I, I try to like convert people to Peace Space Nine so much is because of one episode, and it's my favorite episode of television ever, is The Visitor. Yes, with Tony Todd. Yep. yep. I uh, I that episode just was. It was right down my alley. It talked to me like the, the most, the, like the deepest song. And, and it just was, I, when we get to it, I'm not even sure I can, I'll be able to speak about it. Even the interaction between, uh, between Cisco and, uh, well, Avery Brooks and Tony Todd in that, even that's lovely as well. It, Man, it, on, yeah. it was just, everything about that episode was just so, it has Garrett's daughter in it, but the actor's daughter. Um, so it's uh yeah that's fantastic i think joe's i think nick's ready for us i'm not no you know i i just really right now the only one i can really i did so if we're gonna go off of our two seasons that's what i'm trying to do i'm only just trying to go off of our rewatch so far so i'm limiting myself to season one and two i really do think paradise is up there for me because the amount because the amount of questions that came out of that episode so paradise and duet All right, well, that's that answered then. Anyway, thank you very much, guys, for talking with me today. Thanks for having us, yeah, man. This is a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. Thanks for putting up with us being long-winded. That, that's okay. I've got a long episode ahead to, to edit. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, and thank you, everybody, for listening, and hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us.
two of you together on the same um, feed. Yeah, three of us, actually. Yeah, three we're of all us. Here. Blimey. Can yeah. You, can you hear all three of us? I, I, I can, yes. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. There we go. Wonderful. We're playing with our new soundboard, so... Uh, Technology is yeah. the greatest and the worst. Yeah, very much so. Yes. Yeah. That's true. I wish they'd do some technology to update um, Deep Space Nine and put it out on Blu-ray. Hell yeah! <laughs> now you're talking. Yeah, there was there was a there was a uh, a few clips of, uh, HD clips that were leaked not too long ago, and they yeah. looked really nice. They looked really good. Absolutely. Yeah. I still need to watch the. Um... Yeah. The documentary. What they left behind. Yeah, yeah. I went to the theater by myself to go watch that because Nick wouldn't watch it with me. <laughs> no, I re- I do remember that you did ask me to go with you. I sure did. Will you tell him kick rocks, get the hell out of here? It's a nerd. I ghosted it. <laughs> <laughs> and then a few weeks later, started the podcast on the show. I know. <laughs> go figure. So you weren't interested yeah. before then, or or you just you know about about Deep Space Nine or. Or were you, but you just didn't want to go and watch the documentary? I think he was busy, in all, in all fairness to Nick. Because yeah. Nick is a Star Trek guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'm a big fan of Deep Space Nine, and Joe over there, he is a Star Trek virgin, so his Star Trek expense expands to season two of Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe three episodes of the original series. Yeah. But that's it. Wow. Wow. What have you done with your life? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing apparently. We tell them that all. I've missed, I've missed out on so much. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, f- I feel bad because I've still got a few episodes of the latest Discovery to watch. Yeah. Well, I've got every episode of the original series, <laughs> uh, Next Generation, Enterprise, Voyager, every, every show. I still got five seasons of Deep Space Nine <laughs> and a wow. ton of movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah yes. a ton of movies. I've only yeah. seen. He's only seen one movie. He's seen uh, Star Trek Two. That's it. Yeah, we made him watch it. Wow. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. Good. I did. I was I was instructed to to skip the first one, skip the motion picture, and go right to uh, right to number two. Yeah. It was good. I mean, I, I don't feel like I missed out on anything, or I, I wasn't lost. I mean, I'm familiar with the characters because yeah. they're you know they're larger than Star Trek. Pop culture, really. right? Absolutely. So I'm familiar with that. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a pop culture thing, a bit like you know uh, what is it they say? The most lied about film that people have seen is The Godfather. I think I've heard. Really, so most people lie about having seen that. Yeah. I lie fact... about it all the time. <laughs> all right, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. No? Yeah. Are you one, lying? One, two, no, not lying. My dad bought me the DVD set for Christmas one year. Yeah. Um, and I spent, you know, I had no friends, so I watched. I, I spent the entire weekend watching it. I mean, they're, they're like nine hours each. Yeah, that's long. It's long. Coppola, he didn't cut it. There's nothing on the cutting room floor. It's, you could eat off that floor. There's nothing, <laughs> nothing on that floor. Yeah. There, was actually, there were actually a lot of bits clipped out of the first two films. <laughs> Was there? <laughs> yeah, because I've what? I've got the the big set that's got all the the yeah. that's got all that in it. Yeah, yeah. But the first two films, I mean, I know uh, my mum my mum actually read the book, 
the Godfather yeah. uh, before before seeing the film. Funnily enough, and uh, she said uh, she said there's a heck of a lot that's actually missing out of the films that's in the book. Mm. Surprisingly, mm. for such long films, there's a lot in the there's a heck of a lot in the books. But she said that in a way, to her, it's one of those cases where actually the film is better than the book because the mm. book has because. In making the film, Coppola actually got rid of what my, what my mum sees as superfluous and not necessary mm. elements. Okay. Hmm. In a way. I, I, this is the first time I knew or heard that it was a book before. I didn't know that. I don't think no. I knew that either. Yeah. I, I didn't know that too. I, <laughs> I didn't read the book, though. I didn't read the book. I've, I've seen the movies. If the movie's seven hours long, I don't know. I'll read the book. Yeah. Warm piece. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're... Right. You could beat someone with those books. Those are weapons. They are. They are. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they could seriously hurt somebody. They. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for having us uh, to inviting us. This is going to be. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. This is this will be a lot of fun. <gasps> yep, it's going to be a lot of fun to actually geek out with somebody that wants to hear me talking about Star Trek. <laughs> we're we're okay with that. Yes, we we're are. Game. We're game. Some of us are bigger nerds than others. Rob, looking at I was going to say, who's the biggest nerd here? Because it's... I'm a pretty big nerd. It's a toss-up. Just get me started on Battlestar Galactica, and we're going to be here all day. Ooh, all day. Never heard of that show. Never heard of it. Never heard of it? No. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, that's a joke. That's I'm just joke. adding that to the notes for later. Oh, <laughs> nice. Here we go. Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. The best sci-fi show ever created. 70s or noughties? No, reimagine nine, the uh, 2000s. Ronald D. Moore. D. Moore, yeah. Yes, the Star Trek man. Yes, sir. Yes, exactly. Yep. Deep Space Nine man. Yep. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. The Klingon guy. Yes, yes. Is there anything about the modern modern that I don't particularly like that, that they've messed with the Klingons? I liked the way that they were. Yeah, you know when they went into like the next generation. The discovery one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the originals from the original series because it was just people yes. that were, you know, right. makeup. Yeah. Right. But, uh, so it's uh, Nick Nick Bonsky. Yeah. Yes, sir. And who else are the other two again? I'm Rob. And I am Joe. Rob Reed. Oh, sorry, Rob Reed. Yeah. yeah. No, they they both uh, they're like uh, Madonna. They just Prince man or Prince. There you go. No, I'll go with Madonna. I can be the Madonna of this group. Okay, so I've got Nick Bonsky, Rob Reed, and just Joe. Madonna. <laughs> Joe, just Joe. Joe. Yeah. Joe's a or just is his first name. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question for you, Marv. Go on. So. I was listening to one of your shows a little while back. Oh dear, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and you were um, you're from the Nottingham area. I am. Yes. Yeah. How close? How close are you to Nottingham? How close am I to Nottingham? Uh, Twenty-four miles. So you're pretty close because my uh, wife's family is all from Nottingham. Okay. And I had to ask her a question. I said, "Throw something at me that he may know, or something a little more obscure." So she said. Tell him to meet me for a pint at the ye, ye old trip to Jerusalem. Does that ring a bell at all? Wow. Yes, it does. Yes, Ooh. it does. 
Yeah, that's that's. Uh, how old is ye old ye old Jerusalem? The, the pub. It's a lot, lot very old, isn't it? Yes, what it sounds like. So well, uh, I suppose it would be. Yeah, yeah with uh, with her being her family being from over there, I was like, hey, I, I can use this to my advantage since I heard that. I think it's the oldest public house in in England. I think. Really. I think so. Hmm. And it's kept the same name. I, I would have thought as well. I'm actually going to look the place up later. Yeah, that's fascinating. It is. Yeah. Have you, have you guys ever been there? Been over? Um, Chris, my wife has. I have not. Have you thought about coming over to to, to Nottingham for your fam- You know, to find out about your wife's uh, family or just, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Definitely. Uh, she she loves to visit family over there. We still she still has family over there. So we get over there. She'll get over there again and invite me maybe one time. One time. Wow. Stuff you in the luggage. Yeah. You're a pretty big guy, so she might have to check you. Yeah, exactly. If if you get bored we might have to record a one to one live in, in, in another area of the pub together. I don't need to get bored to do that. Just give me a beer and let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm there. I'll talk your ear off. My my ear's ready for that. All right. <laughs> Especially if you're giving nerd things, I'm good. Absolutely. <laughs> a nice old bar, nerd talk, beer. That's heaven. That's the yeah. definition of manliness, right there. It sounds very busy it where is. you are. <laughs> well, we have uh, we have children hanging out so that we could actually be together. I can yell at them in a moment. Yeah, we're gonna have to yell at them. <laughs> Just shush them. They've been good up to this, yeah. up to now, actually. Yeah. Shut up, we're busy. <laughs> Yeah, we've never had a problem with them until today. Like they realize we're having a... Uh, What's the return policy? Yeah. I don't know. Has anyone ever checked? No. I've tried. Walmart will take anything back. I've tried. You don't even have to have a receipt, nothing. Just take it Just take it in. Yeah. Don't have to have a box. You could use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Wow. I'm take my 30-day return policy. Let's do it. I could think of some family members to do that, too. Mm. Yeah. Can't we all? Most definitely. I might just trade them. I might just trade them all in. Just give me a new set. The mulligan. Over the last four years, I've added a lot of family to that want to return list. (laughs) Dear me. Okay, we best get started, I suppose. I know it's super late for you. It is. It's now. What time is it now? Ten to twelve, or just after? Five to. Crikey. Here we go. Okay. Is there anything that we need to touch on, or do you think we've got everything? We got everything. Got everything. I think we talked enough. I think we got everything and more. So do I. I, I think um, it's a, it was a good chat. I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Us too. Well, you'll have to be on our show when we get to a future episode. We'll do you're, you're interested in your your favorite episodes. We'll have to bring you on as a guest. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that yeah. would be great. I would love yeah. to do that. I, so I'll have we'll to give them a touch. rewatch as well. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we're starting season three next week, so just keep an eye on it. And if, you, if there's an episode, I think we have one guy coming down the twentieth. Yeah, uh, another friend of ours. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you see an episode down the road that you're interested in, just let me know and hit me up on Instagram again, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll rage it. Yep. And if you want to do a crossover, Liam and Matt from Spotlight are always game mm-hmm. for being on other people's shows. Okay. Yeah, it's good enough. We like this is fun. I had a yeah. lot of fun. I had a lot of fun too. 
Me too. And if you want to try a new work, I know one of you was mentioning about, uh, oh, you were mentioning about uh, Mission Impossible, Spy Hards. That is a really good show about spy films. Yep. They're friends of ours. There's, they're, they're friends of ours. She always tell me about that. So I, I might do that because I, I love that series except for two. Yep. I love spy films. Um, me too. As well. Very much. Always been a sucker for those. Yep. Me too. I, I don't mind that they're all they've all got the same tropes here and there. It it just works. It works and it works over and over again, and that's okay. It does. That's how you know it's good if it can work over and over again. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and uh, Star Trek's full of tropes. So, well, sure yeah, it is. They, they work <laughs> over and over. <laughs> yep. Mirror Universe, anyone? Yes, mirror Universe, <laughs> Naked Time, and the Naked Now. Um, yeah. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Anyway, thank you guys. I'll uh, I'll let you get on now, and that was brilliant. Thank you yep. very much. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Get some sleep. Thank you. Yeah. Take, get, some take, sleep. Care. <laughs> take care. Take care. Take care. Bye. It is. It's now. Ooh, what time is it now? T- Ten to twelve, or just after? Five to. Crikey! Here we go.